Welcome to CompTIA Shark Bites with Alan Shark, Vice President, Public Sector, and Executive Director of CompTIA's Public Technology Institute, where we explore tech leadership in the public sector. Hi there, everyone. Alan Shark with another episode of Shark Bites. I just want to remind you that uh, you can get Shark Bites in one of two ways, CompTIA Shark Bites or sharkbites.net. It'll take you to the same podcast. We're in season three. We're beginning the year 2023. And of all things, if you hear some background music, I apologize. We happen to be on a cruise ship, uh, Holland America Line, uh, the, uh, the Staten Dam. New Staten Dam. And I'm here with Eddie Dinkins, someone who I've known for many, many years. Currently, he's Director of Information Technology for the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station. We're going to learn more about that. He's been a network engineer, consultant for some 35 years. He's been an IT manager during that period with Summit Water Capital, so he knows the importance of IT and keeping critical financial information secure. He also was the network manager, and by today's standards, probably would be uh, have the title of Chief Technology Officer of the University of California, San Diego, where he did perform that role for some 12 years. Welcome, Eddie. Hey, good afternoon, Dr. Shark. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I always start these podcasts, uh, I always am interested in how people got their start in tech. Um, was it something that you found as growing up as a child, something that a teacher inspired you with, or how did you get started? We'd like to understand your journey, and then we'll get into some more current issues. <laughs> well, it's funny to think about that. I'm sure I had some earlier um, involvements, but the main thing I always fall back on is uh, high school back in Fairfax County, W.T. Woodson. I had my math teacher, Mr. Sampson, who was also the leader of the math team. I was an alternate on the math team. We had a lot of brilliant people in my sophomore class who went on to Harvard and MIT and such. But we had, we had the, the great pleasure of having the only computer in the entire high school in our math classroom. It was an old HP terminal with a little tape that you punched your program out on. And somehow I managed to get some time on in on it and, developed my own craps program with the little rolling dice and the actual probabilities built in. And uh, I think from there on, I was kind of hooked. I, I liked a little bit of programming and I liked the computer hardware and that was the beginning for me. So here you are, you're a UVA grad, uh, you enjoy technology and now suddenly you wind up in the University of California, San Diego. Right, one of the uh, top universities in the country, the UC system, uh, well known for Berkeley and the other universities around the state um, and I found my way there after grad school uh, because it, I lived in San Diego it's a big great university it had a lot of opportunity for growth and supercomputers and at the time I, I signed on we were just starting with building our own local area networks so I, I actually pulled cable at times and built networks in all the departments on my business administration network and uh, we grew from there onto web servers and everything that came after. So you have this unusual background of having a degree from UVA on the East Coast and then you have a master's degree at uh, San Diego on the West Coast. That's right, uh, Master's of Sciences in Business uh, information systems. So after leaving uh, the university, you started doing a lot of consulting and uh, in the area. And you have a very unique name. Um, you have a formal kind of name, Silicon Beach Computer Services, but you mostly go by Coastal Eddy Technical Services. Yeah, it kind of one more or less evolved into the other as um, 
it became more personalized in the later years. I, I adopted the coastal eddy as uh, more of a, I guess you might say, catchy phrase, but I have a nice Mahi logo and I enjoy uh, introducing myself as coastal eddy. That's a very cool name, and I love your logo. So when we look at um, the Warrior Foundation, Freedom Station, uh, this is something that I believe you did in a voluntary kind of capacity for a while, and now you're still with them, and your passion seems to be with them. Tell us a little bit more about the functionality of this nonprofit. Okay, well, for starters, uh, Warrior Foundation Freedom Station is a San Diego-based um, charity. It's been around since about 2004, started by our founder and CEO, Sandy Lem Cooler, um, and it's just based on need. Our official mission is to help post 9-11 veterans transition, ill and injured veterans transition from active duty military to civilian life. So in support of that mission, we have a few uh, complexes of cottages that we rent to transitioning warriors, men and women. We have a lot of outdoor therapy, such as um, bicycling, surfing, golfing, shooting, um, we actually have a big wheelchair basketball tournament going on this weekend in San Diego and a lot of other events, uh, financial assistance. Uh, we dress them up in suits and teach them how to interview and help them with their insurance uh, paperwork and their college applications. And we try and fill in all the gaps and help these uh, warriors transition to civilian life. So a very worthy cause. Tell me, how does technology support these activities and what are some of your challenges? Well, on the one side, the administrative side, uh, we have, you know, degree of property management, bookkeeping, and all the kinds of small business uh, functions that you uh, would have in any sort of small business, um, you know, small networks with QuickBooks and cloud storage and Microsoft 365 and such. And then on the other side, we're uh, always looking to um, add to our services for our warriors and as such, that in includes, uh, I've built computer labs up at Camp Pendleton for the Wounded Warrior Battalion. Um, we, uh, of course, give lots of personal one-on-one -on -one support to these guys with their laptops and whatever programming they're doing. Some of them, in some cases, uh, have particular interest in going into the, the field, and so at times we get involved with helping them uh, actually start their own little systems integration businesses. and. Uh, pursue security certifications and do other things along those lines to continue their new careers post-military. So here we are in a cruise ship, an unlikely place for an interview, and yet you, like me, are staying very much in touch. How important is that? Because, you know, with IT, it's like a doctor. You can almost never leave. Yeah, we're, we're a small organization, and, and we are always trying to develop better back backup personnel, better procedures and such, but I'm never really too far from an email message or a text and always staying, trying to stay right on top of things as much as possible. Of course, in the short time I've been away, um, we've had a couple small events happen and it's required a little additional scrutiny and, and uh, interaction with our staff, but um, on the whole, you know, security never sleeps. The IT uh, risk is always there and so we're always trying to remain alert. So you still maintain other customers. When you look uh, at the landscape moving forward, you are now in a category called uh, managed service provider. You are the future of so many small nonprofits, even local governments, who cannot afford their own full-time staff, so they turn to experts like you. What are your biggest frustrations in this area? Uh, it's tough. It's probably, um, it, one way or another, boils down to dollars. Um, 
You're absolutely correct. There are so many businesses that have these exposures and they certainly don't have the wherewithal to have people on staff to uh, do the education, do the training, do the administration of the, the full mesh of services needed to provide an adequate level of protection. And for me, um, I, I know I can't possibly be an expert on all things. I try just to identify and realize where I need to bring in other people and other support services to fill the gaps and it can be frustrating. Uh, I'm always preaching that uh, we're always only as good as our weakest link and it's not any one shopping one-stop shop for security services. We've got to try and put as many different things in place that can work together and try and help us out but you know when you go to small business they sometimes don't have the budget. Some of them are going through tough economic times and it can be pretty hard to find the sweet spot to make sure they're properly backed up and have a some semblance of a recovery plan and, and adequate security in place but they're not having to spend too too much of their you know profit to try and plug these gaps so it's you know the communication is really key with these people trying to help them understand where you can and in doing so I'm, I try to funnel information their way but uh, you know there's always this balance of how much can we spend and what do we really need and and how how can you help us and what else you know is there that we should be talking and looking at so it's tough yeah so you must spend a lot of time kind of sharing in a very diplomatic way risk mitigation it's like if you do only this this is what you get and this is your exposure if you do this and you're better off so you must spend a lot of time with that kind of rationalizing it in a language that they can understand yeah, I would say without a doubt, at some degree, it boils down to CYA. Sometimes these guys like to think that, oh, we've got Eddie and Eddie's services, so we don't have anything to worry about. We should be good, and it's like that's not at all the case. You know, that's like everybody needs to remain diligent. Everybody needs to continue to get better, and we certainly need to be looking at where where their risk areas are. So, it's really tough. So as you look ahead in planning, you know, the years ahead and working in this field, what are your goals right now? Is that something that you want to see the brand grow? Or is that something that you just are happy to hold your own right now? Because it sounds like you have some really a good client base and things are well. Yeah, well, these days um, I'm finding my attention more and more attuned with our nonprofit um, where Foundation is a four-star charity navigator uh, organization. We take a lot of pride in making sure every dollar we possibly can goes straight to the warriors and try and, again, limit our administrative costs. So any uh, uh, software and hardware we buy, we try and buy through a, a middle person who gives the uh, big nonprofit discounts and try and get stuff free where we can. But it, it's just tough. For myself, um, I envision more and more charity work and uh, kind of stepping away perhaps from the um, normal business uh, that I've supported so long in the past, but um, it's challenging. It, it's a good question, Alan. I, 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 I say I'm going to be supporting Warrior Foundation Freedom Station for a good period into the future. You mentioned earlier about uh, the challenges of staying up on things, whether you're on a cruise ship or anywhere. I mean, what are your main sources of learning all the new stuff that's coming down the pike? It's so hard to keep track of it all. Well, um, I, I'm a member of InfraGuard, for one. Uh, the FBI and local business community uh, organization and we are lucky in San Diego to have a very strong relationship with our local FBI office so not only do we have uh, 
a big base of members, but we also have a, a very active organization with lots of events and many, many frequent mail outs, many, many per week. And so we have a lot of educational opportunities. They do a good job of uh, blasting out notices when uh, you know there's patches that need to be made immediately or particular threats that have popped up in a severe manner. And so that InfraGuard is very important to us. Um, we're pretty deep into the Microsoft ecosystem with the foundation, so we try and stay in tune with their uh, latest newsletters and you know websites and all the different ways they have for broadcasting information out to you. Um, and of course, there's all the usual periodicals. I personally, I, I like to continue to be educated, so I'm always looking at online classes that can fill in gaps for myself and my staff. And um, I don't know that it, it's people will come to me and they'll mention a particular podcast and I'll jump on board there there's so much good cybersecurity information out there now um, unfortunately I'm not remembering the one that I just got onto lately but yeah there's there's so much information I, I say podcasts are increasingly a source of information for myself now that's great Eddie well we'll leave it there I want to thank you uh, for spending the time on your vacation but I thought it was a good opportunity to learn a little bit more about what you're doing and also with the Warrior Foundation Freedom Station we've been talking with Eddie Dinkin who is their CIO Director of Information Technology for that foundation as well as having his own business Coastal Eddie Technical Services in San Diego California area Eddie thank you so much Really appreciate your time, Dr. Shark, and everybody, if you'd like to find out more, go to warriorfoundation.org, and thank you very much. So thanks for joining us in another podcast of Shark Bites and sharkbites.net. And remember, be safe digitally and personally. Until next time, this is Alan Shark. This has been a production of the Comtia Public Technology Institute. To learn more, visit connect.comtia.org and search public sector.